Hello and welcome to another episode of our Hockey History Podcast. I am Riley and I am joined by Bill. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great, thanks. And today our episode, uh, we've, we've spent the last however many episodes we've done so far dealing with people who are, for us anyway, basically consensus, uh, either belong in the Hall of Fame or definitely have a pretty good case. And we've agreed almost entirely, I think, on a, pretty much everybody. And whether they're inducted or eligible, we've, we've generally agreed that everyone we talked about, even if we might be a little suspicious of parts of the case, has a case to be in the hall, especially based on who's already in. So today we have an episode that's a little different. We are talking about people who, one of them is, of course, not yet in, and two of them are in, but all three of them have arguably questionable cases as to whether or not they should be in. And those players are... Uh, Kent Nilsson, one of the first Swedish uh, NHL and WHA hockey stars, um, who is not yet in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Sergei Makarov, um, who was has only played in the NHL since he was in his 30s, I believe even later than maybe, yeah, 30. He was, uh, he was 31. And, yeah, and then Jack Walker, who we will, uh, her, our old timer for this episode, um, who you will see his case for the Hall and and how great or not so great it is. So we're going to start off uh, with, as we always do, with our uh, eligible players not currently in the hall. And this is a bit of a, a long one because there's a common theme between the first two, which is that um, whether or not they deserve to be in, one of the the arguments to be made for both of them and to be in is their excellence outside of the NHL. Uh, so we are probably going to debate that a little bit as to whether or not that means they should be in the hockey all fame. So uh, Kent Nilsson. So to start off, uh, he played in the NHL from 1979 to 1987, which is eight seasons plus a six game comeback in 1994, 95. Uh, all, all eight of those seasons were quality except for that comeback. Uh, he scored 264 goals, 422 assists for 686 points. He was minus 20 in 553 games, and he had 52.4 point shares. He is 10th all-time in assists per game and 9th all-time in points per game. You heard that correctly. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, in his draft class, 1976, uh, he was drafted 64th overall, but he is 3rd in goals, 4th in assists, 2nd in points, uh, and 12th in games played. Of the 113 players to play in at least 500 games between 1979 and 1987, Nilsson is 17th in goals, 14th in goals per game, 11th in assists, 9th in assists per game, 10th in points and points per game, 75th in plus minus, 12th in offensive point shares, and 26th in point shares. Uh, his 82 game average is 40 goals, 62 assists, 402 points, minus 3. His three-year peak from 1980 to 1983 is an 82-game average of 50 goals, 68 assists for 117 points. Remember, it was the 1980s. <laughs> uh, he has no possession stats available, of course. His playoffs, 11 goals, 41 assists for 52 points, plus one in 59 games. His adjusted stats are 208 goals, 338 assists for 546 points. Uh, that's significantly less than his regular stats. And along with Mike Bossy and a few other players, nobody is affected more by hockey references adjustment for era in terms of how, how much their numbers drop. Um, 
adjusted points per game, he is if the qualifier is set to 500 games played, Nielsen is not in the top 25, of course. And he was traded twice after his prime. He also played in the WHA. Um, he had two seasons, uh, 1977 to 1979. He scored 81 goals, uh, 133 assists for 214 points. He was plus 28 in 158 games. He didn't play long enough to qualify for any of the per-game leaderboards in the WHA, but had he, he would have been up in them. Um, and you cannot, unfortunately, look up a WHA stats uh, based on era, arbitrary endpoints with time uh, for hockey reference at the moment, so I can't give you how he compares to the other players who played only 150 games in the WHA or more. Uh, his 82-game average is 42 goals, 69 assists for uh, I, 111, I guess that would be, points, plus 15. In the playoffs, he had five goals, uh, 19 assists for 24 points, plus one in 19 games, and he was never traded in those two seasons. Okay, excellent. Um, his accomplishments. So for the NHL, he's a top 10 player by point shares once in 81. He was a top five offensive player by offensive point shares once in 1981. He scored 45 goals twice, 40 goals thrice, 35 goals four times, 30 goals five times, and 25 goals six times. He tallied 80 assists once, 60 assists twice, 50 assists four times, 40 assists seven times. He scored 130 points once. Sorry. Um... Yeah? Uh, no, sorry. It's, uh... Something's popped up my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's your, uh, I know, it's your typical, you love to have these in your podcast sort of moments. Uh, a potential subbing job popped up on my phone. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so I'll start back over. Uh, he scored 130 points once. He was one of only 23 players ever, um, even including all those players who did it in the 80s. He scored 100 points twice, 90 points four times, 80 points five times, 60 points seven times. 50 points every season he was in the league, excluding his comeback. But I think he said it was like, what, six games? Yeah, it was six or eight games. Something like that. Yeah, well, if you get 50 points in six or eight games, you're pretty good. Yeah. Um, top 10 in goals once, top 10 in goals per game once. Uh, he was top five in assists once, top 10 twice, top five in assists per game once. Top five in points once, top 10 twice, top five in points per game once. He made two All-Star Game appearances for his WHA career. Um, he won the Kaplan in 78, which is the WHA equivalent of the Calder Trophy. He won the uh, Deneau Trophy in 79, a.k.a. the um, WHA version of the Lady Bing. Um, he scored 40 goals once, 35 goals both seasons he was in the league. He tallied 60 assists both seasons he, he was in the league. He scored 100 points in both seasons he was in the league. He was top five in goals once, top 10 both seasons he was in the league. He scored, uh, he was top 10 in goals per game both seasons he was in the league. Top five in assists once, top 10 both seasons that he was in the league. He was top five in assists per game once, top 10 both seasons. He was top five in points once, top 10 both seasons. And he was top five in points per game once and top 10 both seasons that he was in the league. Tired of saying both seasons, yeah? Yes, I'm very tired. Um, in the Elite Siren, 
the uh now the shl formerly the uh what was it the es eshl S S E L maybe i don't remember sure. it's the shl now it's the swedish yeah. hockey league now yeah. i think but yeah. the elite Sharon in 88 89 he was the he won the gold pucken award uh i believe that means the golden puck award yes um my swedish is a little rusty but i'm pretty smart um that's the mvp of the league now they slap a golden helmet on you when you're the the, the uh, leading scorer of the team which is pretty sweet um and very european yeah. um, in the serie a from 87 and 88 he led the league in points by a margin of 39 <laughs> pretty sure he was the best player yeah. it's it's possible that he led other leagues in points but it's way too hard to find the information for those european leagues in the 80s uh, some of them, you know, he may have been playing in Eastern Bloc countries. Who knows what was going on back then? He played for a lot of different leagues. Like, I don't know what the hell was wrong with him, but he switched. Yeah, he probably just was getting paid by the game, like, as, like, the kind of the way the old-timey guys used to do. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He he was all over Europe uh, after he left the NHL mm. and, and regularly the best player in the league. But some of the leagues were like really low level, like Syria. I can't remember if Syria was the Spanish or the Italian when he played in. But like either way, he played in Italy and Spain and Switzerland. Switzerland's a decent hockey league, but like the other two, they're not. Well, and, you know what? I, I think in those in, to have a name like him would probably actually bring people to the arena. So you'd probably like the owner would be like, I will give you I will give you six thousand kronor if you show up tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, right? It's actually yeah. it's very interesting, but that's probably the reason that the Canucks ended up getting uh, Pavel Bure. Oh, yeah? Was that he had played in some, like, random games that were sanctioned, and nobody knew it, but uh, Igor Larionov, who played for the Canucks at the time, also had played in those games. So they oh, said, okay. like, like, they were like, oh, he's five games short, so, like, you can't even draft him. So everybody was like, eh. And apparently the Canucks were going to, like, spend, like, a 12th round draft pick on him knowing that he had played those games and say like haha take that everybody and then they got wind that detroit was thinking of just taking a flyer on him just in case oh and then they went oh shit we got to draft him now and they drafted him in like the sixth round and then and, and this was before they televised the draft or anything yeah. right and then everybody at the draft went absolutely bonkers and was like you can't draft him and everybody's like you just wasted a pick and the nhl's like the if they can't prove that he played this many international games, it's a wasted pick, and Vancouver makes no pick. Relax. And then, since they knew that Igor Larionov had these score sheets of games that he had played in, they're like, "See, there's the proof." They're like, "Ah, crap." Did not know that. <laughs> yeah, they kind of they kind of finagled the draft because they had inside info. I'm sure there's some sort of case you could make that they should not have gotten Murray, but yeah, yeah, because he would have been a top five pick if not for that, right? So. Oh, okay. But it's one of those like weird European things where like they yeah. just have like a game that qualifies as an international game. And yeah. you're like, really? Like I'm if, pretty sure if, that shouldn't have been like, well, it did, so here you go. If anyone wants to see like how like all the different opportunities you have in Europe to play in different leagues, just like look up Nilsson's like Better ho better hockey DB than hockey reference because hockey DB's got the Euro more data about the European leagues and it's just like endless. Anyway, so his great teams. He was a top six forward by points on one champion, the 1987 Oilers, and one Final Four, the 1981 Flames, 
And the 1981 Flames, he might have been a top three player, probably was because he was their best forward during the regular season, but he missed a bunch of games and there's no ice time information. So he was the, he was top six in points. So I said top six, but he probably was like top three or number one until he got hurt. Uh, He was a top three forward by points on one Avco Cup champion. That's the WHA championship on the 79 Jets. And he was a top six forward the year previously on, on another Avco Cup champion, the 78 Jets. He was the best forward by points on one Canada Cup runner-up, 1984 Swedish team. He was the best forward by points on one World Championship runner-up, the 1990 Swedish team. He was the top three forward by points on one World Junior Championship bronze medalist, the 75 Sweden. He was also uh, injured on one w, um, World Junior Championship bronze uh, team, the 1980 Sweden. He didn't play much or at all, but they medaled. Uh, he was the best player by points on one European Junior Championship, uh, the 74 Swedish team, and one runner-up to 75 Swedish team. And he was injured on that uh, the year he won the Gould Pucken, uh, and his team won the uh, the championship of the uh, Elite Syrian uh, that year, but he was hurt most of the time, I believe. Uh, he was the best player by points on one Serie A championship, uh, champion, of course, Big surprise there, given they led the regular season by 39 points. He was the best player by points on one Superliga Espanola de Aki or de Hockey Hielo? Superliga Espanola de Hockey Hielo champion, uh, 1998. Um, I'm not even going to pronounce the team name because it would be. Honda. Mahada Honda? Oh, yeah. It's I don't know. Spanish, not. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> also, I could be missing some of the championships he's won because he played in like seven leagues after he left the NHL. That's true. All of which are like the not necessarily great hockey leagues, but like the top leagues in their specific countries. Yeah. And then he just um, comes in and just dominates because he's Kent Nelson. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, uh, just to frame this. I, I used to be a very strong believer that Nelson belonged in the Hall of Fame for the simple reason that he is number 10 all-time in assists per game and number 9 all-time in points per game. And how someone is in the top 10 and two of the three major rate statistics is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame is mystifying. Yeah. Many years ago, I had read on Hockey Hall of Fame's, the Hockey Hall of Fame's website that there was a, a games cutoff for modern players of, I can't remember, 600 or 650 games played in the NHL. However, I have never been able to find that page ever again. So I either dreamt it or <laughs> it existed and then they got rid of it and there's no, um, there's no record. And I don't know which is true. Uh, or it was like, a, you know, it was up, put up by accident. It wasn't supposed to be there or something. Anyway. Yeah, yeah they, they um, leaked some information they weren't supposed to put out. <laughs> yeah. But it would have to be 700 games because he's at 680. Uh, no, sorry, nope. you're right. It's 533, 553, sorry. Yeah. I was looking at his points. Yeah, it's 686 in 553 games. Yeah. So um, the, the reason I think the argument against him being in is that mm-hmm. – he had he played 750 games or 800 games, he would have dropped out of the top 10. And that because yes, you know, that's true, he only played 550 three games. Yeah, and but that's if you say that he would he would have scored zero points. In yeah, well, the argument is as he would have gotten older, he would have scored at a lower rate and he would no longer be in the top 10. 
it's it's a theoretical it's a hypothetical right like it's yeah it can't be proven but i think that is that is the argument because the other argument being that if you look at his actual like how he compared to you know everyone who played 500 games in the early 80s and if they had all retired at 553 games played they might have all like had the same ridiculous per game numbers that he has right well, i mean when he left the nhl he's still a point a game player like yeah. literally a point a game like and it, like edmonton he played 17 games scored 17 points uh minnesota 44 games played 46 points uh and yeah. the year before minnesota 61 and 60 points yeah i think he probably could have continued at that pace for let's say three more years yeah yeah i and agree he would hit the qualifier right i agree uh, yeah his stats I, would be I, a little lower he wouldn't be top 10 anymore but he probably yeah. would be still be top 20. <laughs> wait yeah top so, 15 if not top if not top 15 top 20 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just exactly I was trying so to present I mean, a bit of a devil's advocate yeah. like I think the reason he hasn't been inducted is because people look at him and say well had he played 800 games yeah. he wouldn't have the crazy rate statistics he has yeah Which, but I mean how does the WHA not apply at all he scored 107 points both years yeah 42 goals 39 goals in the 60s and assists both years that league wasn't crap well, here's the thing, too. We're going to, at some point, we're going to get into some of these guys, yeah. like Anders Hedberg, for example, mm -hmm. who were just like dominant in the WHA. And then shunned and just say, like, nope, we're going to pretend it never existed. Yeah. And like, the thing about the thing, Hall of Fame, even though there are players who were really good double IHF and just meh NHL, and we're going to let them in. And yeah. Like, yeah. I, I bet you we're going to get to that point, right? Well, so I mean, we get to obviously but that's not really not his fault then you get into the whole block thing but well what i will say though one thing in nielsen's defense mm -hmm. is that unlike almost every single wha star who like no, i'm not talking about the guys who went from the nhl to the wha but the guys who started in the wha who went to the nhl yeah nielsen i'm I, and i haven't looked at every single one of them and said like he clearly is the best of them but like nielsen's the only one who didn't go to the nhl and see his point per game drop off the, well, like there's, there's that little guy called Wayne Gretzky, but besides that, yes. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but like, <laughs> well, did, but, he doesn't even really count. Like, it was almost like yeah, yeah, because he played one year, right? Like, yeah, no. I'm talking about guys who played like four or five years or something. Yeah. Like, uh, those guys, almost everyone but Hedberg, I think, and he, maybe even Hedberg, they they uh, Kluche, I guess Kluche, maybe not, but like the other guys like Tardif and Fatorik and guys like that. They came in the NHL and like they saw their points per game like halved, basically. Wow. Like not not completely, but it was usually like they would be, you know, it would be like they're scoring like point one point whatever points per game in the WJ and they get into the NHL and they're like point seven or something, you know? Yeah, like well, it would if you were a first line in WHA, you gotta like unless you were one of the former stars of the NHL, you yeah. gotta figure like unless it's like Kent Nelson or Wayne Gretzky or one of those kind of guys, like you're at best a second liner because like you would have been in the nhl otherwise like why wouldn't you have been if you were one of like if you were that good they would have come calling kind of thing you know so yeah yeah so then the other thing is that i think is also maybe a knock against him and one of the reasons he's not in right now is that he chose he decided he didn't want to stay in north america and he left yeah he just bailed yeah and yes, he had had some injury problems throughout the time, but he left and he went. And first, he played. He played in. I mean, I, I, I should instead of trying to do it from memory, I should actually call it up. 
but he basically he played in so many different leagues and yeah. um and he just seemed to like you said he seemed to go possibly where i mean we got to assume maybe the highest bidder yeah. um but he wanted to stay in europe because he played in europe until he made his comeback so does, he played in italy he did that to like did he have like family that he needed to go back to or i i don't uh i i did not see anything in his wikipedia article yeah, that explained yeah, it I and just wondering if you had found anything I there's probably an interview out there with him somewhere that explains okay. it but i didn't find it but just to give people an idea in 88 87 88 he played in italy and that's the year that he just destroyed that that league and had 39 points more than the next player uh, then he went to the Swedish Elite League, won the MB play, uh, MVP. He played, or sorry, the uh, whatever it was called at the time, uh, the Siri Elite, Syrian or whatever it was called. And, and then Swedish Elite League. Yes, yeah. that's the SEL. And then he, yeah. and then he played uh, three years in the Swiss, the Swiss League, which is I don't know about in the early nineties, but what is a decent hockey league now. Yes, and then he went back to the Swedish Elite League. Then he went to Austria. Then he went to Germany. At some other point, which is not in his hockey uh, DB profile, he also played in Spain, um, I believe. But only was I believe he was a hired gun for the playoffs wow. of a team. Like <laughs> some team just found him and right. was like, you know, um, and he did. He played until he was uh, in his forties as well. He was still playing in Germany in a, in a German minor league in his forties. So you can't question his commitment to the sport. Yeah. But you can, if you are a xenophobic uh, Canadian, you can question his commitment to the NHL. Um, well, I mean, because he left. You know what? It's it's one of those things where um, there's something like I've heard Pierre Maguire talk about a few different times in terms of like. I think I mentioned it last time, uh, a player like Marty Ruchinski, where people were like, yeah, he's all right. And he's like, well, he's probably going to be a double HIF Hall of Fame because like all that guy did on the international stage was score goals for the Czech Republic. Like he's his, his international stats are phenomenal. And you're like, yeah. oh, really? Like, and like people just don't realize, but like the double IHF has its own separate Hall of Fame. So and I'm sure that Kent Nielsen is in it. Like there's all, like no doubt in my mind that he would be in that Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I, like I, I'm not even like I'm saying like don't even look it up. <laughs> like, I <was> <laughs> yeah, I will stop doing that. Um, like he has to be right, and yeah. he's a fantastic player. And then it's like one of those things where you're like, well, it's the '80s. Would you rather score, you know, a point a game in the NHL, where like literally most guys were scoring a point a game if they were like a good player? Yeah. Or if some Spanish team is going to pay you like a million, and remember, hockey players didn't make a lot of money back then, right? Like, yeah, we're we're talking like Gretzky's making a few million a year. Yeah, um, like just the salaries had, just had not exploded yet. So if some Spanish team, some crazy guy in uh, in Spain is like, listen, this is what's going to make the league. I'm going to go get one, a guy from the NHL that I think will come over and Edmonton didn't want to pay him that much money. He's like, Oh, I get to go play 35 games and score 132 points. Don't mind if I do and make $4 million while I do it. Like maybe it was just one of those things where he was an offer. He couldn't refuse. And then once he was doing that team said, Oh, we can get him. We can get him. Like just pay him a bunch of money. Yeah. yeah. He just sort of said, well, 
why would I go back? I can't make that much money in the NHL. The most I'll make there is probably a half a mil. Because in those days, like the guys literally just, it, it was like by the time we got to the 2000s and players started making, what was that crazy contract the Rangers offered Sackett, 15 million a year, something like that? Something and people like that, were yeah. like, what? And you're like, I think, like, what's the top salary in the league? Six? Like, it was like, it's really progressed to catch up with the other sports. And even then, it's not even close to the other sports. Like, yeah. you can be you can be a really good relief pitcher in baseball, make more than the best player in the NHL. Like, it's, it's just there's a huge discrepancy in what money is available. And the salary cap does affect that in some ways, but not by much. Like, it's just it doesn't make as much money as the other leagues. So when you think about a guy like Kent Nelson, in, in those days, if you weren't like a superstar, you were probably only making – between a half a million and a million like that's about it right and that was like early 90s even he left before that so probably what happened was like they just the offer like he got offered so much more money he couldn't say no i'm guessing because otherwise why would he leave right like he he had a comfortable thing going he was playing on some good teams like none of those teams that he played on seemed like they really really sucked um you know the north stars were kind of eh, but like and you know what? Actually, he played on the Flames right before they got really good, which sucks. yeah, like right before they started hitting all their cups. But yeah, yeah, he was he was he was traded, but I mean, he was traded was, yeah. was he first. Who did he get traded for? Do you know? Uh, not that on my head, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Just give me there a second. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he was he was on the Flames, and then he got traded to the North Stars, and then he got traded to the the uh, when the he North Stars were not good. He's like, I'm a flame, damn it. You can't trade me to the Oilers. <laughs> so uh, he was traded um, to Minnesota uh, for draft picks, one of whom turned out to be Neuendijk. That's but the other, <laughs> But the other two turned out to be uh, Brad Turner and Stefan uh, Matteau. So, oh, Matteau, Matteau, Matteau. Yeah. Wow. And then not he was traded. Mental, to, by the way, like not a great player, but he did score yeah. a massive goal. Um, and then after his his oh, brief no. uh, point, like you said, <laughs> points per game stretches in his uh, at the, around the age of thirty in Minnesota, he was traded. He, I guess, I don't know, it wasn't working out in. Uh, it wasn't working out in um, in uh, Minnesota, and they traded him to Edmonton for money. Well, yeah, but that's probably because Peter Pocklington just needed money. Oh, no, wait, that went the other way. Holy crap. I forgot he used to be able to just trade money. Yeah. (laughs) And the other thing is, just briefly, uh, I just, I was trying to, I just Googled, like, Kent Nielsen Italy to see if we could figure out if he got paid a ton of money. And apparently, this seems like just a, a stupid rumor that's out there because, like, Canadians don't like foreign hockey players. Yeah. But like I saw, I just skimmed a rumor that said that Messier had to threaten him to play, to actually go on the ice during the Stanley Cup final for Edmonton, which sounds like complete bullshit. What? Yeah. Um, okay. So like their hockey's future forum, there's a conversation about whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame, and someone's like, "No, Messier had to threaten him to play," which is like, I have no idea where that came from. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like bullshit to me. It sounds like it's part of the ridiculous, like Messi is the greatest leader of all time narrative. Don't even get me started, buddy. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. If we start that conversation, we're going to have to have like a 17-hour version of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, well, we, we will get to him at some point. Notwithstanding, maybe it's one of those things where he's like, I'm injured. I can't play. And he went like, you want to be more injured? I'm Mark Messier. Yeah. I mean, we do, as we were talking about last episode, yes. you know, this, this is the league that like thought Lindros was like some kind of terrible human being for the fact that he didn't want to play with concussions, True. multiple concussions. Yeah, come on. You just got your bell rung, kid. Get out there. Yeah, so, I mean, it is entirely possible that he did not want to play because he was injured and Messier or someone else was like exactly what you said. Um, so, uh, I'm not saying Mark Messi is a terrible human being, but I'm just saying he's, as a hockey player, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you can look up footage of him just elbowing guys in the yeah, face. Yeah. There's that famous series where, um, uh, somebody was like shadowing Gretzky and like, like when he played, they both played for the Rangers like late in their careers. May, it wasn't Doug Gilmore, somebody for the Devils, maybe, and he was just shadowing the crap out of Gretzky. And Mark Messi came over and cross-checked him right in the throat real good. Next thing you know, Gretzky scored. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, come on! And he was Mark Messi. He had the rep, so he got away with Moida. Um, but you, Well, I mean... There's no denying he's a great hockey player. He belongs in the Hockey yeah. Hall of Fame. But, I mean, he played... He's, he's one of those guys where you're like, if you played now, like, you would have got yeah. suspended a like but it was kind of the wild west back in those days right like i dare you to suspend me watch what i'm gonna do like just sort of yeah is that kind of league back then so you i don't know if you can fault him and and honestly like he had that burning desire to win you can't really fault him for that either but another reason and we don't know this at all but another reason maybe nelson left could be maybe that absolutely could be and i want to go play in a league where people aren't like yeah Killing me because, like, he did. He he was injured a lot. He missed a lot of games. Yeah. And uh, you know, he he played those. He played eight seasons, but he in those eight seasons, he played five hundred fifty-three games. You know, and and that's not that's not a full season um, yeah, well, for you there by any means. Who knows what went on there, right? Like, he could have just come in and just yelled at him a lot and said, like, "Listen, blah blah blah," like a lot of language yeah. I can't use on a podcast. You have to go out there and play or we're going to lose the Stanley Cup and then I'm going to punch you in the face. Like, yeah. you know, if that's the playoffs and you're trying to motivate somebody to play, it's not that bad. If he literally took a stick and was like, I'm going to hit you with this if you don't get on the ice, but I can't play. I have a headache and I'm throwing up. Like, get on the ice. Like, I mean, that's not cool. Right? I should I emphasize. He was either, right? So I, I should emphasize that, like, yeah. this was posted on a forum on the internet. Yes. And, and oh, and by the way, all of this is hypothetical. Like we have it, no idea this happened. Yeah, it, no it probably didn't. Happen. Mark Messi has ever threatened anyone. I'm pretty yeah. sure he has, but <laughs> we have no idea for sure that he ever has. Yeah. Um, but he's known as a rough and tumble guy. His nickname was Moose. I mean, like he's, yeah. you know, he's renowned as a guy who would give you the elbow if it, he thought, like a Gordy Howe. Like if he thought it would give him an advantage, he's going to do it, right? So. Yeah. If he had so, to yell it, but the thing is, we don't know, right? Like, it's like, no, we don't. Oh, he threatened Kent Nielsen. Like, with what? Like, I'm yeah, going to play, or you'll um, have to go back to Europe, which you're apparently going to do anyways. <laughs> like, I so, don't know. who knows? Given the little bit we know about his reason for leaving and, mm-hmm. and 
and given that he doesn't have a lot of games in the NHL relative to lots of other players, what do you think he has a case? Um, I don't know. He was really good. And I mean, during the thing is during the time we played, it's such a small sample size, but it's not like yeah. in any other league he was ever not dominant before that. That's the thing, right? Slightly after that. And it's like, if he had stayed in the NHL for, let's say, three more seasons after 87, let's just say he played till 90. I think he's, yeah. I think you have no argument that he shouldn't be in. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And you don't see a big drop off in his stats. And those are all like, except for the Spanish league, which is just insanity. Um, <laughs> it is. You know, 132 points in 35 games. Like, that's video. Those are video game stats. Like, literally, yeah, yeah. There's, he should not have been in that league. But, yeah. He scores more than a point a game in the Swedish Elite League. Scores yeah. more than a point a game in the um, uh, Swiss League. I mean, those are quality leagues, and he's still a quality player. For the and he's in, and he's in his mid thirties at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like he's not a young guy, and he still doesn't suck. So yeah. I mean, like in the NHL, in those in that era where the scoring was through the roof, he's I think easily at least close to a point a game player. I think that puts him in for sure. And his the other his thing points is, per game stats are so good and his assists per game stats are so good. And yes, it's the era in which he played, but it's like he's got to at least be in the conversation. If somebody said, no, he doesn't belong, be like, well, then how many other guys are we going to take out, right? Like well, just, there's got to be some play, other guys who have got to be right in that category with him. Just to play devil's advocate for one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His 82-game average without adjusting for era is 102 points in 82 games, which when you see that you're like, how can this guy not be in the hall of fame? But then, but his adjusted 82 game average adjusting for era. And like I've said before that the, I think the the year that's taken as the typical year is 1972 is 81 points, which is still point per game. It's still point per game. If you're a point per game player in the NHL throughout your career, as, as brief as his was, Assuming that, let's say, if he had, it, like, like let's just say his WHA years had been NHL years, and they were, ve- yeah. they were exactly the same stats, so he's a very consistent player. Let's just say you call those point-per-game years. Then he's, then in. Say he's he in. Probably could have continued at that pace or slightly off that pace for another few years while he played in Europe. Like, a point-per-game player for a decade – how do you keep a guy like that out of the Hall of Fame? Like, it's, I, I think you're right. I think if he played in the NHL his first two seasons, yeah, and then put up close to those numbers, I don't. I think he would be in. Yeah, I I would agree with that absolutely. And and one thing I would say, and and this is this gets into contentious area with the WHA because of the nature of of it, mm-hmm. but like, I I really don't know. I'm a strong believer that like you can't judge people's actions in the past based on what you know now in the future. And like, we shouldn't penalize guys for picking the PCHA over the NHA in the 19 teens. And, and I'm not, I don't know to what extent we should punish people who went to the WHA thinking that it was going to be a new NHL. And and yes, money was involved in that. Yeah. But, like, they didn't know it was going to fail within the decade. 
You know, nobody exactly. could know. I mean, maybe you did. Maybe you met some of these owners and you thought, oh God, these guys are, these guys are not good businessmen. But yeah. you know, you can't. It's it's easy to look back and say like, why did he play in the WHA? Well, you know, lots of people play in the WHA. Lots of people, and a lot of them were, especially the European players who were attracted to the WHA, were like the best European players among the best European players in the world at the time and, and open the door for European players to come to the NHL. And you, you know what, those two years, they're borderline identical. You get, you know, 107 points, both years, you get 42 goals and 39 goals. The next two years in the NHL, he scores 93 points one year with 40 goals. So his goal stats are basically identical. They're identical. Yeah. And then 49, but then he goes 80 to assist and gets 131 points. I mean. I think that was the year that McDonald scored 60 goals, by the way. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. like it's it. the NHL was just like, it was a gong show then. But yeah. if he scored 107 in WHA and then scored 90, like he scored 107, 107, and then 93. And you're supposed to say, oh, the NHL is so much better than WHA. Yeah. He's the same player. His stats are not that far off. Just he had fewer assists because he played for the Atlanta Flames, who got swept in the first round. Like, yeah. I I don't know that there's that big of a difference between the two leagues. And if a lot of people would argue that yeah, there was a big difference. The WHA, like they just had some great star players. Well, he was one of them. So yeah. like his stat, like almost like, let's just say you say the difference between WHA is, uh. You know, uh, 107 to 93 would be what, like uh, 15%-ish? Yeah. Um, let's see, 17%. Okay, so that's the difference. Let's apply that to all of his stats from the WHA. But like, oh, well, now he has. And then you're looking at like Hall of Famer stats. So, yeah. I, you know, there's Bobby Hall's in the Hall of Fame, and a lot of his points came to WHA. Just he scored a bazillion goals. <laughs> Because he was the by far and away the best player, but like we still count his. How come Kent Nilsson can't have great well, stats? And then I'm not sure Bobby Hall is the best comparison. You could make no, a case no, no, that Bobby no, no, Hall was. No, no, but don't, don't 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 get me wrong. I'm just saying that if WHA stats. Yeah, uh, I know what you're saying. They're acceptable for guys who played in the NHL first. Yeah. See, that's it. That's what I'm saying is like so. If you played in WHA first and then came to the NHL, like. And yeah, your people stats are like what? That far off, you were probably just that good of a player. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of just tossing it around there because yeah. I don't know. I was, I, you know what, Riley? I wasn't even alive then. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I and I, I didn't. You know, I wasn't alive when he was in the WJ either, and uh, and we, we've actually only been alive for his NHL career. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think we're both sort of on the fence a little bit, but. Yeah, I, you know what? I would say that he has a case. Yeah, I think he has a but case. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's not as strong as a, a lot of the other cases we've looked at, just because. This is if he hadn't left, maybe, or if he, if those two WHA's years had been NHL years and indisputable, then I'd say yeah, I put him in. But I I still think he should be in, but. It's not a landslide. Like I, I, I'm also okay with him not being in. Yeah. But then 
he has to sort of be that bellwether of like now you're not in because you played too I, much international hockey almost you know i'm i'm more okay with him not being in than i used to be mm-hmm. but i still feel like it's sort of on them to explain why someone who is on two of the top uh two top 10 and the top uh, three uh, two, i can't talk two of the uh three rate statistic leaderboards all time is not in the hall of fame like yeah. I feel like the burden of proof should be on the people who think he doesn't belong in this case, oh, yeah. just because it's like, Absolutely. you here, like you present the list, who are the, you know, top 10 players in points per game all time. And you get to number nine and you're like, there's no asterisk behind, next to his yeah. name saying he's in the hall of fame. What's that about? Yeah, That's weird. You know, like, Absolutely. anyway, um, we should probably move on to uh, our next person. We uh, probably should, but right now I'm at my fridge getting a beer, so okay. you're gonna have to wait. Uh, a second. <laughs> well, I will. I will. <laughs> I will introduce him anyway and say that yes, it is Sergey Makarov, who, uh, like Nelson, has a a more complicated case uh, for whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame, even though he has been inducted, um, compared to a lot of the other players uh, we've talked about. And once again. This is because he didn't play that much in the Hall of Fame uh, in the NHL, and he actually one of the reasons why, if I ever did see that thing, on on the Hockey Hall of Fame's website stating there was a a games requirement, one of the reasons yeah. it was a mistake or shouldn't have been up there is because if I did see it and I didn't hallucinate it, is because Makarov played even fewer NHL games than Kent Nilsson did. Yes, there's a little wrinkle He's for status. everybody. So, um, if you're sitting comfortably, I am sitting comfortably, and my Google Doc is loading. Oh, okay. With my crappy iPhone 4s. Uh, yes, <laughs> we're there. Uh, okay. Brilliant. Okay, so Sergey Makarov's career. He played in the NHL for only six brief seasons. Some would say brilliant seasons. Some would not say that. But his first one sure was. Um, so he played from 1989, which is a year I remember watching the NHL, till 1995. He played six seasons, and then a, a six were quality. And then he played a brief four-game comeback in 96-97. So that's one of those things where I think the international players, the team would take a flyer on him. Can you still play? Yeah. We're not paying you that much money. Um, he scored 134 goals and 250 assists for 384 points in 424 games he was a plus 67 he was uh, and he had a 31.1 point share remembering that he played in the nhl when he's pretty old so yeah he, he was a lot better before that yeah. um which is one of those products of the soviet era and we it's almost like you're punishing a guy for not being allowed to play in the nhl it sucks um because i bet you he would have put up some phenomenal numbers in the 80s um yep. And I'm not even that big of a fan, but just seems like a jip. Um, the era of the six players aged 30 or older who have played in at least 400 games between 89 and 1995. Makarov is third in goals, goals per game, and offensive point shares. First in assists and assists per game. Second in points, points per game, and plus minus. In his draft class, Makarov drafted 231st overall. <laughs> Of course, because he didn't think he'd ever he'd ever be able to come over. Um, is twenty fourth in goals, 
19th in assists, 21st in points, and 11th in plus-minus, despite being 46th in games played. Wow. Uh, barely one quarter of the games played of the draft class leader, Steve Eiserman. So, I mean, he just didn't play enough games to get his stats up where those guys were. But, because he was, but he was, he's, he's in the top 25. In I know he hits top, top 25, even though he's played a quarter of the games. Yeah, yeah. That's insane, right? Like, yeah. crazy stats. I mean, you got to figure if, I mean, like a Bray sort of thing, like if you thought he was eligible to be drafted and actually come over, he would have been top five for sure because yeah. everybody knew how good the guy was. Um, his 82-game average of 26 goals, 48 assists for 75 points and a plus 13. Uh, his three-year peak, 89-90, was uh, an 82-game average of 27 uh, shouldn't that be 92 for your peak? Yeah, it should be 92. Yeah. Yeah. 92. Um, his 82 game average would be 27 goals and 58 assists for 85 points. So he's still a point per game player when he first came into the league, and he was in his 30s. Um, and a plus 22. His playoffs, 12 goals, 11 assists for 23 points, and a plus one in 34 playoff games, one third of which were played after he was 35 years old. Uh, have you been on the Sharks then? Yeah, yeah, Sharks. Yeah, that year they went on that little magical run when they first came into the league. Yeah. Um, sort of the first Vegas Knights. Um, he has no possession stats whatsoever. Um, his adjusted is 126 goals, 226 assists for 352 points. <laughs> his adjusted 82-game average, 24 goals, 44 assists, 68 points. So, I mean, man, it's at, that's tough doesn't i think it's sort of ah it's he hit that 80s region where he should have been scoring like bonkers but he was older yeah. um and he was traded twice within a week apparently <laughs> wow <laughs> that yeah. is, is that a record uh i don't know but it was in the off season and he just like he got traded and then like like he got traded i think on draft day and then like okay. six days later or something they traded him again i must have just said like i'm not playing for you or they said we actually just traded so we could trade you yeah yeah it. something like that so, so, you know what somebody has to have been flipped way faster than that. There's gotta yeah be oh, for sure same day or something yeah um oh, you know you know what it's patrick o'sullivan oh yeah that's got to be the record okay. he, he uh he couldn't play because um he got traded to Carolina, but his dad lived in Carolina. He had a restraining order against him. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that's a though. terrible story. He, he, yeah, the, well, he, he wrote that great um, Tribune article yeah. about it, which is like, I, I read it out loud one day because it was like, and I, I tried, I was, my mom didn't know anything about it. So I started reading the article and like, I was halfway through it and I started crying. Like, it was just so sad. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, just for him to come through that and actually make it to the NHL was incredible. What a what a what a brave story that was. Yeah, and he was a heck of a junior player too. Amy. Yeah, he was. He was. Oh. HL too. He had a really good year in the HL. Yeah, and you know what? He he wasn't a bad NHL player. He just didn't stick because I mean, look what he what he had. Yeah, to yeah, he had um, terrible, terrible. Life. I, I really, really liked him as a player. I thought he was yeah. gonna like well, won that won that uh, series for the US. Thanks, Flurry. <laughs> yeah. As he's about to win another cup, probably. Um. So um, you're about to do accomplishments. Yeah, I'm going to do accomplishments. So he won the Calder in 1990, the oldest player, I believe, ever to win the Calder. Uh, because, you know, how you win Rookie of the Year in at age 31. 
Um, no, he's 26, by the way. Sorry? It's 26 now, by the way. What's 26? The, the, the Calder Trophy, you cannot be older than 26. Oh, they changed it. Yeah, that's they changed good. It. It's called the Makarov rule. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, that makes sense. Perfect. All right. So in addition to winning the Calder, he scored 30 goals twice, 20 goals four times. He tallied 60 assists once, uh, 40 assists three times. He scored 80 points once, 70 points three times, 60 points four times, 50 points five times. He was top five and plus minus once. He was a first team all rookie, obviously, and he was rookie of the month once as well. Um, and just to mention his USSR accomplishments, he was a Soviet MVP in three separate seasons, 1980, 1985, and 1989. And he led the league, the Soviet league in scoring nine times. In 1980, 1981, 1982, 1985, 1986, he was a top three forward by points on one Olympic runner-up, the 1980 uh, USSR team, which obviously was a miracle on ice. Um, and I believe I just read earlier in his thing, he scored the second goal in that game. So he was the one who oh. kept it close. That, that, that put them up 2-1. It's everybody else's fault, not his. Um, top six forward by points on one Olympic champion, 84 USSR. Um he was the best forward by points on one Canada Cup runner-up, the 87 USSR, the famous uh, Mario Lemieux goal with Gretzky and Howardchuk. Um, top three forward by points on one Canada Cup champion, the 81 USSR, and one bronze, the 84 USSR. Um, World Championships, he was the best forward, led the tournament in points and was awarded best forward on one world champion, the 85 USSR. He was the best forward, led the tournament in points, but didn't win the best forward award on two world champions, 83 and 86, USSR. Top three forward, media all-star on four world champions, 79, 81, 82, 89, and one runner-up, 87. Um, top three forward by points on one world champion, 91 USSR. And a top six forward by points on two world champions, 78 and 88 USSR. So, wow, that's a whole decade of goodness. Um, he was a top nine forward by points on one world champion. And that was the 90 USSR team. The world junior championships, he was a top three forward by points on two world junior champions, 78, uh, sorry, 77 and 78. European Cup, 11 championships between 79 and seven, sorry, 79 and 89. So he won all the time. Um, I mean, he's best player probably. Um, the Soviet League. Um, and then the Super Series, he was on five of the HC CSKA Moscow teams that always beat NHL teams in the 1980s. So he has a hell of a record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's bonk. Like, just uh, uh, just uh, for uh, the people listening, we usually, our great teams lists are usually pretty short. You know, they're yeah. 
there are uh, you know a few things about the Olympics, a few things about World Championships. This one is almost a page long, uh, <laughs> and it would have been had I done more research about his role in the uh, in the European Cups and Soviet League Championships. But I was just like, no, nah, I can't do this. This is like this is digging way too far. And it was getting you know I'm not even sure I could have figured it out. It was just yeah. too much information. My brain was starting to hurt when I when I made his list. Um, and and I think for me whether or not Makarov belongs in the Hockey Hall of Fame depends on to what degree the the Hockey Hall of Fame in North America considers itself an NHL Hall of Fame or a Hall of Fame of the entire sport. Yeah, I would agree with that, absolutely. And so the question is, I, I know there's a temptation to say he only belongs in the WH, uh, double IHF Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think but, that's actually my position on that. So to counter that, I would say that the Hockey Hall of Fame in North America has admitted women, which I have no problem with. Yes. And those women do not play in the NHL. That's so, true. given that they have done that... Well, I would say that's because they're in the infancy of their game where they don't have an equivalent of the NHL yet. Yeah, yeah. that's So fair. it's like... And I think because... You know what? I bet you if... Here's, here's the counter-argument I would make to that, is that if the best women's team were Russian, Sweden, Finnish, and not American and Canadian, where we're like, we feel like we need to honor these people, yeah, then, because that's the thing, I think like the double IHF should be honoring women because they are, well, I mean, if you saw the last Olympics, that was the best Olympic hockey there was. Um, yeah they're they're fantastic athletes and some of the hockey games they play are the like closest matched most dramatic games you've ever seen played they're phenomenal athletes there's nothing to say and like i don't think you should create a women's hockey hall of fame there's none of that bull crap but because i think that the two best teams are north american and we're north american and that's where our sport is played I think that's why they're in the yeah. You're, Hall of you're fame probably right. You're probably right. Hall of Fame. Um, and I don't get me wrong. I have no problem with them being there. Like I mean, they're they're, they're phenomenal athletes, and they're early instances of hockey and how you know the women's game was built and then sort of took a, like a timeout for a long time. Um, I'm glad that I'm uh, you know I'm not to poo poo on ringette, but like I feel like. That's it's just a sport that doesn't sort of. Uh, for a long time, that was just the this is the safe version you can play, girls, and you're like, um, yep. a lot of those women skate a lot better than I do. They should probably be out there playing hockey. Just, and it, just as a... yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things. I remember we were playing in a in a garage league one time. We saw this defenseman skating around. We're all looking around. We're like that is like the best skater I've ever seen. And then everybody leans over like, is that a girl? Yeah, I think it's a girl. (laughs) And then sure enough, yeah. And she was really good. Like, man, alive. Like, so it's one of those things where I think that even though, you know, like Haley Wickenheiser came, you know, she, she competed against men and did fine. But there's a like, we're not quite there yet where they can compete with men, but like, they are serious athletes. Their game is like fast and great. 
And I don't know that they should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame because I would consider that to be an NHL-only thing. But that means any guy like a Makarov has to be out for me. So it's it's a pretty hard stance to take. Yeah. And I still think those women should absolutely be in the IIHF Hockey Hall of Fame, and it's a no-brainer, right? Like. So let me throw out a different uh, um, argument for his inclusion yeah. then. And that is that Larianov is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He is, yeah. And the argument with him being in, I mean, without having looked up his stats recently, I must say, would be in addition to his USSR stuff is that he won cups. Yes. And we both, I think, agree that that, that the winning cups is a little bit of a bullshit argument. Well, in his case, I mean, he was on them. Was he the key ingredient? I mean, uh, he was maybe a top six forward at that point. Uh, yeah, on one of them, I think, and more often he was lower in the uh, on the other one. I think he was yeah. lower down the lineup. And people would talk about how great a defensive player he was, but still, I mean, basically, the other in addition to to me saying like I think this depends on whether or not the Hockey Hall of Fame wants to be open to all players or only NHL players. Yeah. The other thing is the precedent was already set before. I wait. Now I'm, yeah, because because Larionov was inducted, I think, a number of years before Makarov. If I'm, oh, he must have been, yeah. Uh, if I've got that right, so like, just just like with with somebody like where we sort of were talking around this a little bit with people like Anderchuk, um, and also Turgeon, who is not in the Hall of Fame, but in both cases there were precedents set where people with similar stats were already in, yes, and. For me, the other reason why I think um, that Makarov, based on the way the, the Hall has behaved, should be in is because Larianov is in. Now, um, and and probably someone else that I'm not thinking of, but he's the only one I thought of. Um, and so I'm okay with that, yeah. but it does open up a can of worms sure does. because... There are presumably other players who played most of their um, careers in another country, yeah. played a little bit of time in the NHL, who are very dominant. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. And you know, you know what? Maybe the USSR is a special case, but I don't know. It, it, it really is. It's very tricky because we knew they were great enough to play and star in the NHL because every time they come over and play against Canadians, or against the entire NHL teams, like when uh, you have all those games, like the uh, the New Year's Eve Classic game with the Canadian, the Montreal Canadiens. Well, look at the Super Series results. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they were the just Super Series results are like Soviets win, Soviets win, Soviets win. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? Like they came over and was like, "What the hell?" I mean, that had a lot to do with our players just being like, uh, "What?" Like work out we were just drinking beer in a lake a week ago and yeah, then yeah, once they yeah. got their shit together they actually played really well but like even when they played better like the soviets are still right there with them it's not like it's, they kicked their asses right no now. honestly bill it's 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 worse than you think <laughs> if you go if you go to the super series page yeah. and just look yeah. at all of them yeah moscow two 
wins, one tie, one loss. Next time, three wins, zero ties, one loss. Next time, three wins, zero ties, two losses. Next time, two wins, one tie, one loss. And on and on and on until sometimes it's four wins, zero ties, two losses. Oh, yeah, and five no, wins, zero ties, one loss. The, it's the, every year. They were like, that's the thing that shocked people is like, we thought because we never put our best players against them in like the, the Olympics that, Oh, well they won all these, the, you know, they won the Olympics. They won the world championship because we didn't send our best guys. And for a long time, that's probably true, but not every year. Cause there were years that we, I'm sure we would have lost. And, and I think the 72 series was, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not talking about those. I'm not talking about um oh the recent ones. I'm talking about no, I'm uh, not not um not what the hell's what were they called? Um they have a different name. Canada Cups? Yeah, well they preceded the Canada Cup. Uh no, what I'm talking about is the is the uh when the Red Army would play actual NHL oh, hockey yeah, yeah. teams. No, they, they, they used to destroy the NHL team. There's yeah. no question. About That's that. what I'm talking about. And yeah, yeah. and the crazy thing is sometimes yeah. they were playing teams like the 1980 New York Islanders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. And they would beat them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, there's actually a very famous moment in a great documentary about the Broad Street Bullies um, where it kind of explains how they became the Broad Street Bullies and where it's like, when they first started the Philadelphia team, they had a lot of like young, fast, but like either European or kind of like not so physical players. <laughs> and St. Louis came in and beat the crap out of them and just stole the series away from them. Even though they knew like we actually are the better team, but we're just getting pushed around. And then apparently their GM came in and like snapped a clipboard over his leg. And he was like, that's never happening again. And he lost his mind. And then like five years later, they were the broad street bullies punching everyone in the face and winning the cup. And you're like, well, you know what, if that's yeah. what's going to happen to you and you're going to have that response. And they've so the literally been like that ever since, right? Like that's the identity. confusion. The con Sorry to interrupt, but the confusion was the summit series is what you were thinking of. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I was talking about, what happened later whereas yeah. the summit series was when they were playing the best canadian nhl players and then the best canadian wha players the super series was when the individual russian like teams usually their best team moscow usually came over oh, and played cool. actual nhl teams mm -hmm. that's the difference just wanted to clarify that because i was yes, I, 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 I thought you were referring to the stats for every single canada cup no, no, I no specifically the times that like Dynamo Moscow or Red Army came over, um, and and just like sometimes they beat up on shitty NHL teams, but sometimes they beat up on good NHL teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they they destroyed some NHL teams. There's no question. And 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 Makarov was on as we discussed. Makarov was on five of those. Uh, there were tons more than that. I I don't even know how many there are. The Wikipedia article is really long. Um, there was a lot of them, but. Makarov was on five of those teams that and they, their record is just brutal. Like the, the win percentage yeah. for all the Russian teams over NHL teams um, is, uh, is 83%. Man. Oh, I remember that's kind of what I was getting to. Like once I realized what you're talking about, but I'm glad you clarified it for uh, our listeners is that like, 
Because I, I thought you had been referencing Canada Cup stats for many, many years. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, that sounds wrong. But uh, OK, go ahead. Um, you're the stats guy. Um, Apparently. Um, like that 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 uh, documentary I saw about the Flyers was like about how they became the Broad Street bullies. And then there was one year where the Soviets came over and they were beating everybody in the NHL. And people were starting to talk like, you know what? Maybe the NHL is not such a great league. Maybe we should yeah. let these Russians come over, blah, blah, blah. And then they went into Philadelphia and then the Flyers just did the Flyer thing and just beat the crap yeah. out of them. And it was like the end of the first period, was three nothing Flyers. And then the Soviets left the ice. And then there's that famous call, right? Like the Soviets are leaving. They're leaving. Like they just left. They're just not coming back. And then somebody from the league had to go in and be like, by the way, if you don't come back, we're not paying you. <laughs> and then they came back and the rest of the game went fine because they, they they basically the soviets didn't want to play anymore so the flyers said well we probably don't have to punch them anymore i think they got the message and they won the game very handily but they're yeah, like the, the flyers stance on that and bobby clark's very famously interviewed with his big grin of like i just hit somebody and got away with it um his big shit-eating grin that he seems to have on his face, almost permanently etched. But I don't know the guy won two cups doing it, so why would you stop? Um, he basically said, "You know, the entire league said we ruined the league with the way we played, and then when the Soviets came over and they were kicking our ass, they were like, man, I hope the Flyers do what they do to us, and we did.' <laughs> and everybody loved us after that. And you're like, all right, that's eh, kind of a fair point, like." <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Bobby Bobby Clark's. He makes me laugh the way he talks. It's amazing. He's uh, he's an interesting character. Um, but you know what? It's kind of one of those things too, where it's like the NHL game and the Russian game are very different. Yeah. So if teams just played speed and skill hockey, the Russian Red Army teams or the CSK Moscow, those guys have been playing together since they were like kids. So yeah. They were just flying out there. And you're like, a lot of these guys, you got some new guy who just showed up from Detroit. And you're like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, it's a very different sort of like, le it was like a national team playing against the league team. Right? Well, the other thing is yeah. the stereotype. And I wasn't alive during mm -hmm. most of these games, or yeah. at least the initial games in the 70s. Not the ones Nakarov played in necessarily, but the ones yeah. before that. Like the one you were talking about with the Flyers. But the, the stereotype, whether or not it's true, is that they they cared about puck possession and the NHL didn't. Yes. And they were brilliant at it too. And even in 72, like I've, I've seen, I actually, I, I own the eight games and I've seen the documentary about it and every, like I've seen everything basically, it almost feels like I lived through it. Um, I've seen as much of the footage as you possibly can in this day and age. But I mean, you watch them do stuff and you're just like, what, why would you do that? Like it blew NHL players' minds because we just went north south, and they're yeah. just like, "Oh, I don't like the way we just came into the zone. Eh, I'm gonna go back into the neutral zone and reorganize." And they would, and you're like, "Why are you doing that? That makes no sense." It was just <laughs> a completely different way of playing hockey. But it, it's one of those things where like Canada showed the Czechs how to play hockey, and then the Russians kind of just took over <laughs> the Czechs after World War II and said like, "Hey, you guys are good at hockey. Show us how to do that." And then, like they just became these like their training was better than ours. Like it, only the fact that Canada's been playing hockey for like literally 
more longer than every other country have always had quote unquote the best player in the world somehow just i guess just because it's the cradle of hockey and some kid is going to obsess about it enough to be the best the russians as a program for many years i think were better because they were way ahead on training they're way ahead on keeping a team of players together on playing like a line of guys together they even they're smarter because they play their wings on the wrong side so that their shot is closer to the net like yeah <laughs> they really figured it out like you got to give them a lot of credit but it's that era of all those years of them like kicking the nhl's ass i'm like you know you're you're taking a team that plays together every single day you're taking a team that is literally that's their whole life that's all they do is train and they've been together for that long like eh, you know what i think if you put you know told the nhl you can't change your players for this many years and this is who you have and you always have to play with that guy i figured that it would be a lot more even yeah probably every time but you know what and uh, Tretiak's the great equalizer too <laughs> he was phenomenal like man like that's one of those guys where i think i would actually make an exception if we we're going to do the whole you can't be in the nhl hall of fame because you just played internationally like you never played an nhl game that guy should like he was so good like you you talk to a guy like ken dryden like obvious Hall of Famer, one of the best goalies who's ever lived. And he talks about Tretiak and he just, everything he says is just glowing. Like he was the best. He was so good. Like he just, he used to put his pad so flat on the ice. They said he had knee surgery to have all his ligaments removed. Like they couldn't believe that somebody could do that. Like he was, no, I mean like it's literally like people have told me that. And I'm like, I have no idea if it's just a story or if it's legitimate, but either way, man, was he ever good. And so, like, any, like ahead of his time, too, in the way that he played. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where the Soviet national team or borderline national team beating the crap out of the NHL, I don't know that it makes that player stand out. But if he performed exceedingly well in every one of those against NHL competition, I think it adds significantly to his case. Unfortunately. So, yeah. There isn't enough information. Ah, like, because the thing is, again, right? the Super Series, it's got like the goals, it's got the scores, yeah, but not like who scored them. It occasionally has who scored them. Um, there's a few box scores that yeah. I can find, but not enough of them. And so, all I really was able to figure out is that yes, Makarov, uh, he played, he, I, you know, I, I can see what points he scored, but I don't know what. The, his teammates did right so like yeah, exactly. for example um on the 86 let me just give you an example the 86 uh team let me find it sorry so the 86 was he on dynamo i think he was on dynamo so 86 dynamo he scored six points in six games five goals one assist which is fine yeah however um it sure looks like like that team scored a uh, quick math like 25 goals in in six games so he scored you know a fifth of that yeah um i have no idea what that means about what his role you know like yeah, i know without well, looking up all the other players in those days there were two teams right because i remember getting all the old hot and you know i've been collecting hockey cards since 
oh, I'd say probably about 87, 88. Um, and I remember I used to get the cards. It was either Dynamo Moscow or CSKA Moscow. Those were the two Russian cards you used to get. That was yeah. it. You got no other players from any other teams. And it was basically them saying, these are our players who either should be in the NHL or yeah. will be in the NHL, like if we ever let them go kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I think we're probably, this is probably the first time that we actually disagree. I think so, yeah. Wow, look at that. Look at us. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Yes. Finally. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, shall we move on to Jack Walker? Yes, let's do. Who I, I'm sorry to say, I think we probably will agree on, but we'll, we'll I think see. We probably will too. All right. So Jack Walker. Um, I actually I should I should say what position he played because I don't remember. So let me just look that up. I think he was a right winger, but let me just double check that. Um no, he was a left winger. Sorry. All right. So he played two seasons in the Angel, 1926 to 1928. They were neither of them were quality by our standards, which would be 0.5 points per game. Uh, his his great. This is remember. Uh, I almost said remember, kids. Remember, uh, this is a <laughs> hockey hall of famer that I am reading the stats of. Uh, he scored five goals and eight assists for 13 points in 84 games played. Wait. Of the 10 players, age 35 and older, because he was all, like Makarov, he was also old, uh, to play in, uh, I can't remember, uh, 80, I think it was 82 NHL games between 1926 and 1928. Walker is 8 of 10 in goals and points per game, 9 of 10 in goals per game, offensive point shares and point shares, second in assists, better, fourth in assists per game, and six in points. Uh, he only played 84 games, so I didn't bother calculating the 82 game average because it would be like 11 points or 12 points instead of 84 points, uh, instead of 13 points. Uh, he never appeared in the playoffs. His adjusted stats are nine goals and 50 assists for 59 points because adjusting the stats of players who played in the 20s is insane and distorts them because they didn't have the second assist. And and Hockey References formula adds the second assist, which is why they're crazy. Uh, he was traded into the NHL near the end of his career. All right. So he mostly, as you can tell from that, he barely played in the NHL. He mostly played in other leagues. He played in the NHL uh, three seasons from 1912 to 1915, and two of those three seasons were quality. He scored 32 goals. He had 23 assists, which is as high as eighth all-time at the very best, for 55 points, which is high as 22nd all-time at best, uh, in 40 games, which is 24th at best all-time, but maybe lower because we don't have complete stats. If the qualifier is set to Walker's 40 games played, he is uh, possibly first all-time in assists per game and ninth in points per game. But it's worth pointing out that when we did the qualifiers for the NHA for uh, New Zealand alone, we did 82 games. Um, but Walker didn't play enough to meet that. Um, his 20-game average in the NHA was 16 goals, 12 assists for 28 points, which is pretty good. His playoffs were three goals uh, in uh, in two games. And then he skipped out of his contract uh, twice, first to play in the Manitoba Professional Hockey League and then to play in the Pacific Coast Hockey League. So it's Pacific Coast Hockey League stats. He played nine seasons. Most of his time was spent in the PCHA, uh, which seven quality from 1915 to 1924. He scored 82 goals, which probably puts him at best 12th all-time, 58 assists, which is at best 7th all-time, and 140 uh, points, which is at best eighth all time in 186 games, which might be eighth all time. I'm not sure. Hmm. 
<laughs> he might be as high as 15th all time in goals per game, ninth in APG or assists per game, and 12th in points per game. But honestly, don't know. His 24 game average uh, was five goals, 10 assists for 15 points. You'll notice it's significantly lower than the AHA. That is partly because the PCHA uh, generally the scoring went down as it existed, whereas the NHA was higher scoring league at least until it transitioned to the NHL. So he's also in the WCHL. Uh, he played two seasons, both quality, from 1924 to 1926. He scored 16 goals, and he had 15 assists, which might be as high as 19th all-time. Yes, 15 assists, 19th all-time. But probably not, because I don't have a database of the WCHL players. And he was uh, he had 31 points, which might be 25th all-time, but it's unlikely. And, 50, and that was in 58 games, which is... Uh, as high as 20th all time, but again, it's unlikely. It is unlikely that Walker is high as 25th all time in points per game in the WCHL or 12th in assists per game or 23rd in points per game because the information is even more complete, incomplete for the WCHL than is for the PCHA and the NHA. He had a 30 game average of eight goals and eight assists for 16 points. His playoffs, four goals in eight games. He was also in the Northern Ontario Hockey League prior to, so this is a semi, this is like a senior league, but it was before the existence of the NHA. Um, and he played five seasons all quality. He scored 78 goals in 57 games. And it is entirely possible that Jack Walker was the best player in the history of the NOHL, but there's no information about it online. So basically the only reason I have his stats is because he he's deserving of, he, he played in the NHL, so people, recorded his other stats. Um, he was also in the Maritime Hockey, a professional hockey league, briefly, one quality season, 1912-1913, where he scored 21 goals in 15 games. Uh, at the time, the Maritime Professional Hockey League did not have playoffs, and there's not very much information about the league online. Why would you have playoffs? That seems silly. They just they tried to compete for the cup, but I don't think they were ever considered good enough. Yeah, well, you know, people were people were being snobs back then. That's yeah. BS. Um, man. Um, <laughs> again, wrong era. I keep wanting to do that, but it it only came about in the nineteen thirties. Just feels very old timey, and it's actually so old timey. Yeah, it's beyond old timey. Um, <clears throat> the accomplishments, the NHL. He was never on NHL leaderboards because, well, the league didn't really exist until he was not that good. Yeah. Um. He was top uh, the NHA. He was top ten in goals once, probably. Top ten in goals per games once, probably. He led the league in assists once. Pro- uh, that is oh, for yeah, sure. Probably. That is for, for sure. sure. Oh, amazing! Assist um, assists and points for the NHA are for sure. Goals and uh, less. So. Oh, that's good. Led the league in assists per game once. Top five in points once, and top five in points per game once. In the Pacific Coast Hockey Association, he was top 10 in goals up to four times. He was top five in goals per game once. He was top 10 up to four times. Top five in assists probably twice. He was top 10 probably four times. Top five in assists per game as many as three times. Top 10 probably four times. He was top five in points once and top 10 four times. Top five in points per game once, top ten four times. And a note, it's worth noting the size of the league makes these top ten finishes less impressive. And he often had a one-half to one-third 
the point game stats of the league leaders. So he's way behind in terms of how great he was. Um, the West Coast Hockey League, never on any leaderboards. And the North Ontario Hockey League, or the, what did you say the MPHL was? Maritime. Maritime Pro Hockey League, no information. Um, it's Yeah, it's pretty spotty. And yep. He was good, but we don't know how good. So. Yeah. And then for the great teams, uh, he was a top six forward by guessing about his points on one NHA Stanley Cup champion, uh, the 1914 Blue Shirts. He was a top six forward, again, guessing by points on one uh, Pacific Coast Hockey Association Stanley Cup champion, uh, the 1917 Metropolitans. He was a top three forward by points, guessing again on one WCH, sorry, WCHL. There's an A in there. Stanley Cup champion, uh, the the last non-NHL Stanley Cup champion, I should point out, the 1925 Cougars. And he was a top three forward uh, by points on one Northern Ontario Hockey League Stanley Cup runner-up, the 1911 Bearcats. Hmm. And before we get into it, I just want to say that I think Jack Walker's case for the Hall of Fame probably rests on the fact that he was the... I'm not sure if he still is, but at one point he was the... He was the only player in the in the history of hockey to have won the Stanley Cup with three different teams. Yes, that's so. Recky, Recky, of course, has done that since, and maybe some other people, but that is his claim to fame. Yeah, had to be right. Like, yeah, and not to mention that, um, I believe three different leagues. <laughs> three different leagues, three different teams, three different leagues. So, going by the like cups matter thing, yeah. that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Going by his career, he was good. Yeah. And he might have been one of the better players. The reason I don't normally write, like usually when we read the stats out, I don't have notes in there denigrating a player. No. The reason I put a note in here denigrating him is because he was finishing in the top 10 or top 5 in the PCHA, but yeah. the guy who was number 1 had so many more points than, and that was uh, Cyclone Taylor. Yeah. Had, usually had so many more points than everyone else that saying top five or top 10 makes it sound a lot more impressive than it actually is. Yeah. He was sometimes the best player on his team, but sometimes he wasn't even the best player on his team and he was finishing in the top uh, 10. And I got to say, when I was you assembling know, this, days, I, I feel like that says a lot if you're not the best player on your team back in those days yeah like unless you were on like the vancouver millionaires where every guy was a goddamn superstar and that's how you won the cup like if you weren't on a team of assembled mercenaries where everybody goes like yep they hired every one of these guns and he was number five and every other time he played where he wasn't with all these guys he was the top scorer on his team then fine but like if if you weren't a top scorer in your team and like there wasn't, you know, if you weren't a teammate of Cyclone Taylor's and you were his number two, like should you really be in the hall of fame? Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, and, and, and here's the thing. This is, this is a bit of a can of worms thing for us because we've so far, we skipped over a bunch of guys who played primarily in the NHA or the PCHA and maybe a couple games in the NHL or not even in the NHL yeah. who, may or may not have these cases. And this guy is the first guy we got who had played at least 82 games in the NHL who was like this. But there's actually a whole bunch of these guys. I mean, 
it, it, you know, if we ever run out of modern players to talk about, there are a whole bunch of guys who were inducted in the, in the, the fifties, I guess, mostly, um, who were like old timers who were fondly remembered for things like Walker is like playing in three winning cups in three different leagues. Yeah. Um, where if you look, you actually look at their rec, uh, their, their stats and you're like, okay, greatest player in Northern Ontario hockey league history. Okay. Probably. I mean, I'm guessing, but probably yeah. given that he scored what it, what did I say? 78 goals in 57 games. Probably, probably pretty good. Um, but like the rest of it, you know, okay in the nha yeah one of the you know uh uh but like not i mean yeah he led the league in assists once but that's also like that i think that was the year they introduced assists um anyway you know so he had that one good year but like he he only led that league once in points he never led another league in or sorry assists rather he never led another league in any other category ever um and you know he was fine yeah but like I was assembling this and I was like, this guy is in the hall of fame. Yeah. Like now all these other things are in doubt too, because like if they inducted him, who else did they? Well, no, the, the old timey guys, I don't think we can make any sort of valid comparison. Like if that guy gets in, this guy gets in, but like, yeah, but like who's alive? Who saw him play? Uh, nobody. Like, yeah. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> nobody has any idea. Cause yeah. that keeping is terrible. And uh, we don't know what went on. And, uh, so for the, for a guy like that, I'd be like, I wouldn't say take him out, but I would say like, if, unless he was, you know, he, he, he had some stats that people just weren't counting or he was so good, but he was always that second assist guy and he was all over the ice. Like, do you really want him in there? Like, I, I don't think you really do. Like, yeah, I look at this and I go like, this is like, this is the first in, time in, in, in all the episodes that we've recorded so far yeah. where I'm, I, I'm not on the fence or in, I look at this and I go, this is not the resume of a hall of fame player. Yeah. I, I, I would actually agree with that. Yeah. I think that's our first like hard no. Yeah. And I just, I like it. It's it, it once again, and I, I get, you know, there are lots of issues with the old timers, but this guy, he started playing in 1907 and it, the guys who who ended their career before the NHA, it's impossible to know. And the guys who ended their career before the NHL, it's still really hard to tell. Yeah. But he played at least long enough that he made it in the NHL. The, once the WCHL, you know, folded, he made it in the NHL. And I mean, it's just there is information, and the information yeah. says that he was, you know, not. Um, I mean, he wasn't even the best over 35 player in the NHL when he played, he was aside from the fact that he was a good passer and he was yeah. second in assists of that group. He was like among, in terms of points, I mean, that group of 10 players I mentioned at the beginning, that includes defensemen, you know, wow. and now it was the twenties and then some of the defensemen yeah. scored a ton, but like, yeah. this is a forward. And, and I just, I look at this and I go, eh, I don't see it at all. Yeah, I think the thing really was, it was this unique, it was one of those things that it's nice to have a plaque about it. This guy played in three the three com competing pro leagues, um, you know, and won cups in all three of them. And that's great. But like, does that mean he belongs in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. That's probably, honestly, I, that's the only reason I can think that he's there. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that, that was easy. <laughs> Take that, Jack Walker, and your yeah. legacy. Yeah. Screw you, Jack Walker. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, you know what? I'm sure he was a fine player if you ever saw him play, but I'm sure uh, he's kind of – well, you know what? I, I, I kind of had a bone to pick with Recky. They're like, oh, he's not that important on all those championships. So maybe that's just sort of the thing, but like – I don't yeah, know. but Recky, Recky like has like finally the stats have not backed up a player where we said like, yeah, you know what? Like, like I'm not even on the fence with this one. I'm like, I don't think he belongs. Yeah. But no, then again, how do we know? Because it was so long ago. So you can say like, I guess he's in, and I don't have a problem with him being in. But man, it doesn't seem like he should be there. So yeah, yeah, it, does. it doesn't. Again. Sure doesn't. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, yeah. that's another episode yay another episode do you have anything to plug i have zero to plug okay i i i always ask that question i should plug things but Ooh. um i i i don't in part because we still don't exactly know when these are gonna air <laughs> we so. don't and we don't do we even have a name i don't think we do no we, we, we probably i was trying to keep that like under wraps but yeah um, yeah, we still don't have a name. Yeah, so we should probably do something about that too. Oh, people, we'll do when that people are listening, like people, we like will have a name. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so we will uh, we will do this again soon. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.